No Exit with Nicholas Coris contains explicit language and content. Listener discretion is advised. It was way too quiet in this store. Way too quiet. She must have been the only person in here, and the only thing that was more overpowering than the silence was the smell of floor cleaner, which hung in the air with a chemical stink. There was a young kid ringing up her groceries, couldn't have been more than 23, and the quiet didn't seem to bother him. As far as she could tell, he looked like the only person working. She hadn't seen anyone else besides this guy the half an hour she'd been shopping here. Find everything okay? He said with a smile. The price scanner beeped when it hit the barcode on a can of chunky tomato soup. She made a smile with her tired face and said, yes, thank you. She couldn't figure out why she was so uncomfortable here. Maybe it really was the quiet, but maybe it was just the fact that she had never been here before. She got out of work late tonight and the store she normally went to was closed. Two patients coded and the whole floor was a mess after two other nurses called in. This place was a little out of her way, but it wasn't as far as the Mega Mart that was five miles outside of the county, which was the only other store that could have been open this late. And even that place wasn't without its fair share of crime and shady dealings. That was the same place a husband and wife got murdered in the parking lot after. It's a little cold out tonight, huh? Said the kid with his plastic smile, interrupting her dark thoughts. Hmm? She said. What was, what was that? It's a little cold out, said the kid. The kid himself had the name Matthew on his name tag. He wore a green company vest underneath a black shirt with some illegible metal band logo on it. He was skinny as a rail and he looked like he swam in these clothes. He wasn't much to look at, but if he had to be some girl or even some guy's cup of tea somewhere, maybe. Oh yeah, she said, clearing her throat. <clears throat> it was uh, starting to get warm there for a minute and now it feels like it froze right back up. I know, he said. I'm ready for the spring weather, if you ask me. She wasn't sure if he was acting like this because she saw how uncomfortable she was, or this was just his way of talking. Everything about the place just got weirder and weirder in its own minute way. Or maybe she was just really tired and amped up on too much Red Bull. Haha, <laughs> she said. Yep. He was almost done scanning. Thank God. And would you like to sign up for our rewards program? He asked. There it is. That's what this was about. Everything made just a little bit more sense now. Oh no, she said, but what she really wanted to say was, the hell if I'm ever coming back here in my damn life if it can be avoided. That's okay, she said, instead. You save 7% every time you come in, he said with that blank look. Oh no, really, I'm fine, she said, getting her money out to pay. She zipped her purse open as loud as she could. She poked around for her wallet, which she had trouble trying to find. It had been a hectic night. She may have misplaced it when she and the other nurses had tried to order food earlier. Tried, but it never happened, what with everything going on. She hoped she wouldn't have to go back to the car. Not like she was holding up a line or anything. She started talking to stall. I just, I'm already on so many other lists and things like that, she said. Where was her damn wallet? She could have sworn she put it in here. I probably have half my information scattered across the globe, you know. Sometimes you never know what you're getting yourself into, concluding that with a nervous laugh while she dug farther down in the purse. No, ours isn't like that, the kid said. You just fill out the card with your address and your email and that's it. I give you a card and you can save, oh, looks like $12.51 on your entire purchase right now. She started rubbing her forehead. She was about to let out a big sigh, but stopped herself. She just wanted to get out of here. Did I mention, he continued, you get a free flashlight? 
He held up a small green flashlight and blinked it twice. Then smiled his dumb stupid smile and his stupid idiot face. She let out her sigh finally. Okay, she said, thumping her nails down on the counter. I have to go to the car first and find my wallet. Is that okay? Oh sure, he said. No problem. She flashed him a sarcastic smile and turned towards the door. As soon as she got out into the cold night air, she balled her hands into fists and groaned. She was tired and hungry and probably still had sick people's spittle stuck on her scrubs somewhere. She just wanted to go home. She didn't want to do this, but she already said she would. No way she'd ever come back here though. But hey, 7% is 7%. I'm telling you, Brian, it was weird, she said, taking a sip of iced coffee. Her and her husband always drove to get coffee in the mornings on her days off, and he would end up just driving around the town if they were talking, and that's exactly what they were doing right now. This was the second time they had passed the high school. I keep finding these weird drawings everywhere, on yellow sticky notes with, I don't know, eyeballs or something. They look like, they, look like they were drawn by some drug addict, I don't know. Maybe they were, he said, arm hanging out the side of the truck. Hell, you know half the damn kids from Perrytown are on drugs, joyriding over here and leaving their damn dope scribbles around. Who knows? I mean, hell, I used to do it only 20-some-odd years ago myself. You were there. He laughed. She shook her head and wanted to laugh too, but didn't. I'm being serious, Brian. It's weird, she said. And the weird thing, too, is I swear people have been watching me or something. I could just swear it. At work, when I go to the store, when I go to spin classes on Thursday nights. That's why I've been going with Tina to those things. Something just doesn't seem right. And that dead cat we found over on the lawn two nights ago? That cat did not look like it got attacked by an animal or run over, Brian. I'm telling you. Well, that was pretty strange, he said. But people on drugs do that, too. She couldn't tell if he was being serious or not. Alright, alright, okay, he said. I mean, this just sounds like a bunch of weird coincidences to me, but I have to admit they are pretty weird. Do you know anyone who could be doing this? Is there anyone at work who might be trying to mess with you, or... I don't know, she said, leaning back in her seat. She put the seatbelt that went across her chest behind her. Brian always told her not to do that, but she was getting a little worked up and needed the space to breathe. And he didn't say anything when she did it this time. She went on. Jim has always been a fucker. He was mad at me when I got that raise, even though I've been there much, much longer than he has. I don't think he would do anything super weird, though. Not weird like this, anyway. Though I wouldn't put anything past him. She was looking at the window at all those houses dotting the landscape. And then there's Mary Ann. I mean, she's a bitch, but then again, I don't know if she's a psycho or does drugs. Well, maybe one of those two things, but I, I still don't know. What about, said Brian, turning onto a, turning onto a dirt road. And I'm not saying you are being stalked, per se, but what about any patients that might have it out for you? You remember that story you were telling me a while back? That old man, what was his name? Oh, Clements? She said. No, that old man who got mad at me for ratting him out after he grabbed my ass? No, not him. He's an old man. I mean, he can still walk and everything like that, but making weird drawings, killing a cat? No. He couldn't be the one leaving those strange voicemails with the scratchy sounds and the talking. His voice is hoarse enough, but there's just no way. I don't know. And as for anyone else, I, I can't think of anyone who would have it out for me. Even the neighbor, Tess, after I dented her car last month. She was so nice about it. She didn't even get the insurance involved. Maybe she's the one, he said. Someone who's really nice on the surface but has a lot of pent-up anger. You know, the person who always looks quiet but is really sicko on the inside. He laughed at the thought of sweet little neighbor lady Tess scrolling out crazy notes at her kitchen table. But she didn't think this was funny. 
She gave him a look, and silence said it all. He could tell he had pushed it just a little too far. Alright, alright, look, he said. I'm sorry, I'm just having a little fun here, but I know you're taking this seriously. If you want later today, we'll go out and buy some security cameras, some decent ones, and we'll put them up on the outside of the house, front and back, and then we'll take it a step further if you want. I know a store where we can get some mace, uh, and we'll get a taser, and I'll even, I'll even get you a knife if you want it. I can even show you how to use it. I learned a little knife self-defense back in the army, and I can teach you. It's really not that hard. And then after all that, if you still want, we can go to the police station and file a report. Just let them know what's up, so it's on the radar. Not saying anything will happen, but just so it's there, alright? She was looking out the window. She felt like she was losing her damn mind. She felt stupid even talking about this, but then again, was it real enough? Would it be a bad idea to just take precaution anyway? What could it hurt? She was quiet for a moment. She put a drink in the cup holder. Well, I wouldn't mind having a few things up. You mean it, though? You think it's not a bad idea? Hell no, he said. Not at all. Probably just good to have anyway, right? Yeah, she said. And you would really show me how to fight with a knife? Sure, he said. I mean, it's been a while, but I know the basics. Enough to cut up a bitch like Marianne pretty good anyway. She laughed at that one. All right, she said. If you don't mind doing all that, then I would like to do it. I don't mind at all, he said. They were out on the road again. He had been silent for a moment. She could tell he was thinking about all of this. Maybe he was scared, but he would never say it. But in a way, she was glad he was responding in the way he was. Maybe it really was all nothing. So, he said after a while, you really can't think of anyone else that would be the reason for all this. Anything at all. She had her drink back in her hand and thought about it. I couldn't tell you unless, I don't know, that weird kid at that spooky little store I went to a month ago was doing all this. He certainly seemed like he had the potential to be a goddamn lunatic, if you ask me. But I doubt it, she said, taking a sip from the drink. Brian was covered in blood from the crack in his head, and he had finally stopped breathing. He had taken her knife from her and thrown it somewhere in the house, but it was too dark to go looking for it. Someone might have already taken it anyway. She couldn't see them, but she could hear them banging on the windows and the doors. Most were outside, but there were at least two or three inside. At least two or three. She could hear the footsteps out in the hallway. She wiped Brian's blood from her face on her pajama bottoms and held the fireplace poker she hit him with like it was a sword. Killing Brian was difficult, but when he lunged at her in their own bedroom wearing that stupid mask, the same mask that the others who were invading her house right now were wearing, she knew this was not the Brian she had fallen in love with. This was not her husband. She had noticed that he had slowly become more cold and distant in the past few weeks, sometime after he had put up those security cameras. Security cameras that didn't work, as she found out nearly one hour ago. She's positive they had worked for a time, but she's not sure when they had stopped. She wiped the tears from her eyes. She felt anger in her now, for all of them. All the people she tried to talk to, to confide in, about the strange harassment she had been receiving. And they were all here tonight. She could hear nice little neighbor lady Tess banging on the front window right now with her stupid mask on. She was calling her a stupid cunt and kept on yelling, Brian, no, in a mocking way, just like how she had said it a moment ago. She ran to the window and smashed it, taking a swing at little neighbor lady Tess with the fireplace poker. She moved away before it hit her and glass went everywhere. There were more people outside wearing those white masks with the red eyes on them. Most of them neighbors, maybe even the whole neighborhood. In this heightened state of anger and fear, she could feel someone behind her. 
She waited just a second to get ready, then spun back with the fireplace poker and caught someone in the neck with the hook. They gargled in pain. The gargling turned from pain to laughter through the spurts of blood. They pointed at her as red blood stained the bottom of their white mask. He was pointing and laughing. You dumb bitch, he said, holding his neck. You gave it all up. You gave it all up. He was starting to spin from the hit, but was still laughing, like a maniac. She hit him in the forehead with a heavy crack and he was down. She had just killed a man, two men really, and there were still two other people in the room, one behind the couch and the other by the fireplace. They were both posed like football players ready to tackle, one woman and one man. She noticed something odd. They were wearing nurses' scrubs. Jim and Marianne. Of course it was. Had to be. The man came over the couch moving like an animal and the woman came in at her. She swished the fireplace poker at them. Jim tried to grab her. He was bigger than her to be sure and probably stronger, but he was also a lot slower. She got him in the ear with the poker and he went down screaming. It was a hard hit. Then Marianne tried to grab her from behind. They struggled for a moment and the fireplace poker fell out of her hands. It didn't take long for her to get on top of Marianne, who was lighter and smaller than her. She always thought Marianne's bark was worse than her bite. She always knew that Marianne was more sass and attitude than muscle, and if it ever came down to it, which was right now, that Marianne couldn't stand a chance. And now she had her hands around snotty little Marianne's neck, squeezing out the last bit of life in her. She'd imagined it more times than she could, but the reality wasn't as liberating as the fantasy. She felt the less breath leave Marianne's body than ripped off the mask. It was her, all right, with a grim glow of rage and fanaticism in her eyes. This wasn't the same lady. It couldn't be. But somehow it was. Just like her husband. Same, but different. She looked up. There were about 20 masked people standing in her dark living room. One of them pointed at her and said, Get her! Then about eight people went to grab her. She gave them a chase and a fight for what seemed like the longest seconds in her life. Then each of her limbs had a person holding it, and she was screaming. She was tired, exhausted, and completely spent out. All she could do was wail her lungs out, and even that took effort she didn't have right now. She started to struggle more, then heard a voice. Hold her, damn it, the voice said. She recognized it right away. That was the voice of the officer they had talked to at the station. That same day her and Brian went out and bought security cameras. Bill Fleisman, county sheriff. She had known him all of her life, in fact, and would know the voice from anywhere. They weren't close friends exactly, but they were in and out of each other's lives since grade school. He was in her English class in middle school. He had dated her friend Donna in high school. She had even helped patch him up in the ER more than once or twice when she still worked it over eight years ago. Where's the kid, he said. Gone was the deep northern county sheriff drawl. The same voice that told her those dumb dad jokes every time he passed her desk when she charted in the ER. On those off times, the cops had to be called down to it for whatever reason. That man was gone. This man was cold. He had no charm, no feeling, no warmth. It's like he just gave it all up. She heard a bit of clamoring. An old beat-up white suitcase changed hands from the back. Looked like it had seen better days in the 70s and was scuffed and beaten up. It was decorated in all manner of odd symbols and designs, just like their masks were. Two of the masked people who looked to be local teenagers put the case on the floor and Bill went through it. He pulled out a metal syringe and screwed it onto a thick silver needle. Others reached into the case and pulled out various ornate knives and sharp metal tools. Bill spoke as he assembled the device he was holding. She could see the mustache under his mask. Well, looks like you certainly put up a fight he said. 
She couldn't tell if he was looking at her and what he was doing. You killed four. Not bad. We didn't think you would have it in you to kill your husband. You got angry, girl. Real, real angry. He put a rubber tube from the device and it led to a dirty glass mason jar. A few others nicked at her with the blades while the others held her and they taunted her and mocked her in whispers. I'm shocked to see that much anger in you, frankly. Maybe we pushed you a little too hard. The notes, the dead animals, the stalking. There's been some things you didn't even notice, which is a damn shame if you ask me. All that work for nothing? There's a fine line with people. You push them too far and they act out. You don't push them far enough and they never realize it. We planted just enough seeds in your head for you to act out. But the problem is, is that we need you to be afraid. We need your body to be afraid. And we're gonna get you to that point, even if it takes all night. In fact, I'm going to make it absolutely necessary to make this last all night. And by then, you'll be begging for death. I can promise you that. She looked at him, trying to see past his mask, to try and find if there was still a person behind there. Why are you doing this? She asked, trembling. He put the tool down on the floor. He stood up, cleared some of the people out of the way, and walked over to one of the bodies she had hit with the fireplace poker. It was the only one person she didn't recognize right away. The person she hit after she tried to hit Tess by the window. He dragged the body from underneath its armpits over to her and dropped it down on the floor careless, like it was a sack of manure. The body was definitely that of a male. He was skinny and young looking. He wore a bright green vest that was now stained. Bill flopped him up and pulled off the mask. It was Matthew, the kid, the kid from the store, said right there on his name tag, now splattered with his own blood. You gave up your information, he said. You gave it all up. And now you're gonna give up so much more. You have been listening to Rewards Program, written and performed by myself, Nicholas Goris, edited by Alex Goris. Background ambience provided by Tabletop Audio. Support them at tabletopaudio.com. Please let us know if you're enjoying the show by subscribing and follow us on Instagram at No Exit with Nicholas Goris. You have been listening to No Exit with Nicholas Goris. Good night.